episode of Africa Design Radio is brought to you in collaboration with the Cultural Intellectual Association Lagos, a non-profit group of creatives that seek holistic solutions to urban challenges using design and clear thinking. For more information about the CIA Lagos, please visit their website on www.cialagos.org. I hope you enjoy this episode as we capture the essence of design in the African context. Our guest is Olamide Udoma Ejo. Olamide started her career in public relations, giving her a business and marketing foundation. She has worked in London, South Africa, and Nigeria with various organizations focusing on sustainable mobility, transport management, slum upgrading, climate resilience, and housing rights in urbanizing African cities. Currently, she's based in Lagos, and she's engaged in bridging the gap between communities and their urban environments through innovative initiatives, projects, policy papers, and research. She can do this as the executive director at Lagos Urban Development Initiative. She's also the trustee and festival director at Open House Lagos and the editor-in-chief of the Lost in Lagos magazine. Her strengths lie in urban infrastructure management, project management, and communications. Thank you, Olamide, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. All right, great. So I would like to start on the Lagos Urban Development Initiative. is an NGO that advocates for a more inclusive, livable, and sustainable Lagos through collaboration, research, and dialogue. So according to studies, 21 million people are estimated to reside in Lagos. And by 2050, that population would likely triple in size. So there's no running away from the fact that rapid urbanization is happening now. And with that, infrastructure will be strained, sanitation will become a concern, and of course, children would need educating. With the limited capacity to manage the current population, my question to you now is, how is the Lagos Urban Development Initiative working towards dealing with these emerging challenges that, that Lagos is facing? Hey, great. Thanks for the question. Okay, so I think um, we should first understand that population growth is not a bad thing. And I know that, you know, there are a lot of discussions around how do we make sure there's less um, rural to urban migration and things like that. Um, And to be honest, cities are made to be conglomerates of where people gather together, of where different ethnicities work together, where different cultures. So I think we shouldn't think of population growth as a negative thing, but it's about, as you mentioned, it's about how do we manage it and how do we handle uh, the implications of what population growth does on a city. Um, So within what we are doing, we're really trying to we, we, we don't really focus on population growth, to be honest, uh, because as I said, it's not something that is a negative. But what we're trying to do is really bridge the gap between people and the decision makers. So people sitting in uh, you know, ministries and the House of Assemblies and us who live in our, you know, just our daily living. And we argue in our houses and things like that. And we talk about the the dismay of what the country has become and all of this and all of that. But then there's, there's no conversation between those two, two entities. And so why I kind of brought Ludi together, why I thought this would be a great initiative and project and organization was really to kind of be that uh, bridge between those two, two um, entities. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not easy when you're thinking about a government who has a very strict and rigid system 
and the population, which is vast and just, you know, there's different cultures, ethnicities, everything, you know, and there isn't the um, flexibility. So the system doesn't allow for the flexibility, but actually the city is very flexible and malleable. So um, it's about how do we really kind of come together and have that discussion and have the same language. Um, so that's pretty much why Ludi was set up. Um, and also to, to, you know, advocate for those who have no voice. So as I'm already saying, we already don't even have a voice as all of us, to be honest, within those decision-making um, bodies. But then um, those who are poor, you know, those who are disabled and things like that don't necessarily have that, um, even that space to have that. So I think that's pretty much what we're trying to do, really bring everybody together and try to bridge the gap between um, those two entities. Um, and of course, we do have to deal with things like water, sanitation, um, waste management, transportation, um, and how that affects the city, but and how can we make better decisions so that it actually improves the livelihoods of everybody in Lagos? I hope I answered the question. Yeah, great. Um, thank you. Yeah, you did, actually. Um, I think my next question now would be, um, so how is your organization bridging the gap? What are the mechanisms that um, you are employing to ensure that, you know, this, this communication is effective? And it also produces results. Yeah, so I'm gonna. I, I already have the questions that uh, they've already been sent to me. So I'm gonna answer two questions within this within this one question. So and I'll give examples of two projects, and they're actually really like success projects. I would say or successful. So how are we doing this? We're doing this through a variety of different ways. Um, we obviously collaborate with different organizations like Sahara Center to do projects. We do policy papers. Um, we focus we have we, we've kind of faced two ways we focus on the city and the people and communities and then we also face the government's uh, angle points as well so um two projects i'm going to give examples of so our first project or no it wasn't our first project first one i'm going to talk about is um the non-motorized transport policy where we pretty much had a participatory process and we took the the answers and comments and feedback from different parts of society of communities and then put that to the government and then they actually changed the policy according to what we um we we had gathered from different so private sector people with disabilities innovative solutions thinking about mobility that are already happening in lagos um as well as just general public and how they feel about walking cycling driving in lagos and we put all that together and pretty did a policy paper and, and gave it to um, LAMATA, which is the Lagos Metropolitan Transport Authority. Um, and they actually implemented some of those changes. So that was a success. Um, and that is the kind of thing that we're trying to do. The second project um, I'm going to give an example with is um, the Lagos Linear Park. So it's an eight kilometer park um, and we're working on it. It's around, it's situated um, in Maryland um, and it goes towards Ojota. Um, and Antony, so that kind of axis. Um, and it's, it's on a wetlands area, and it's, it's, we really try to focus on designing a park or a public space, but it's not just a park uh, for recreation, but a public space that um, looks at climate change, looks at mobility issues, looks at flooding, because on, 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 on the wetlands, looks at urban uh, farming. And so it has so many different facets to it. Um, and we've done that both with the communities, but also working with um, Last Park, Lagos State Parks and Gardens Agency. Um, and I think the success is not even just working with those two 
uh, entities, but also that during the process, we actually put together a um, interministerial committee. So we had eight ministries talking to each other throughout the whole process. Um, and for me, that's a huge win because when you go to some of the meetings with uh, Lagos State Government, uh, individual ministries, you kind of hear the friction between different ministries, um, even ministries that are supposed to really work together, like the Ministry of Environment um, and the Ministry that deals with urban planning. They should be really hand in hand, but they actually have so many conflicts. Um, so, you know, for the fact that we could bring eight ministries together and get them to work on something um, has been a huge success. So I think those are the kind of things that we try to do. Um, working with communities, I must say, is super challenging. It's actually as or maybe even more challenging than talking to government officials and getting them to see your point of view, um, mainly because when you're talking to a community, you're talking to so many different voices. Um, and when you're talking to the ministries, you're kind of talking to one, they have one agenda and they know what that agenda is. Um, even if it's the wrong agenda, at least they know what that agenda is. But when you're talking to communities, it's so difficult. And so it's always very challenging to, um, to kind of build trust and also um, galvanize them to think for themselves and to create their own um, like thoughts and, and things like that. So um, but that's what we do, basically. We try to look at both. We try to focus on both, so government and um, and citizens, um, and really try to get them to come together and be that middle ground. So yeah. All right, thank you. So I picked up on your on your project, you know, around um, the wetlands, um, and the reason why you know I picked up on on that is because um, one of Lagos um, Lagos State's largest resource is the water, you know, the water bodies around Lagos. It just reminds me of the designer and urbanist Kunle Ademi's work, which he titled Uneven Growth. In, in that body of work, he kind of addresses the topic of rethinking urban geography in Lagos. And um, during an interview, he kind of made mention of the fact that he believes that if we can harness um, natural resource that Lagos has, you know, we could actually create you know, a sustainable environment for uh, Lagosian. Now, by reflecting on this, you know, what do you think is the future of Lagos, in your opinion, and how can we utilize this resource to improve um, the urban environment in Lagos? Um, yeah, good question. Though I hate this question. Whenever, I mean, and people ask me this all the time because I used to run something called Future Lagos. Um, and they always ask me, yeah, what, what, what do you think the future of Lagos is? And I think it's, it's, um, it's hard for one person to answer the future, uh, especially coming from my own background, which is about participation. Um, I can't really say what the future is going to be like because I'm one person out of what, 20 something million. Um, and so it's, it's, yeah, I find it a very challenging question. Um, but I do agree that it's necessary to, um, to harness what we already have, whether it's water, whether it's the informal sector, whether it's um, culture and traditions. I think we need to harness what we already have and just improve on them. There's no need to take things from uh, the West or take things from you know, another city that, you know, for example, I'm doing, um, we're doing NMT, we're doing normalized transport. And so we're trying to really push the idea of cycling in Lagos, right? And if I just go and take something from Berlin, which is a great city where they cycle, it doesn't really make sense in the context of here. So we really have to focus on what we already have. Um, and as you've mentioned, water is a large resource. The only thing is that right now we are not um, 
we aren't we aren't really focused on it and we aren't really um, harnessing it in the best way possible. So, I mean, for our wetlands project, for example, we're really looking at um, the wetlands and the fact that it's a floodplain, the fact that it can, um, it can reduce flooding um, and improve environmental issues and things like that. Um, but however, we we as a people don't understand that. Um, and I'm saying we as people, not just government, because they have their own flaws, but also, you know, people are building on wetlands. People are applying for building permits on wetlands. I mean, already, like, for the fact that you're applying, there's something wrong right there. Um, and then for the fact that um, it's being accepted, something also wrong there. So, and then for the fact that someone was talking about flooding and the fact that we have, you know, 200 and something days coming of rain. And so we need to start preparing for that. There's no synergy between all those three things. Um, and so there needs to be more consciousness in terms of um, us as people, as citizens, um, but also from, from, from the government and from the people that are managing our city. Um, because, yeah, water is a great resource, but it's also... Uh, could be quite damaging for the majority of um, of Lagos if not dealt with properly. And we should, and I always believe, sorry, just say, I always believe that um, we shouldn't fight nature. Nature will always win. So we should respect nature. And um, for the fact that we are a coastal city, uh, we are a very low-lying city. Um, I think Adam shared a paper with me recently or some months back about the fact that I think it was in like 30 years, VI will be underwater, so will Lekki. So majority of Ikoi, and yet we still keep reclaiming reclaiming land or keep getting land from this from the water because it's not really reclaiming. It was never land, um, you know, things like that. So there's real juxtaposition of, of of how we are really dealing with with water in the city, and it kind of needs to change. This episode is presented in collaboration with the CIA Lagos to promote creativity in the performance and visual arts. We are proactively adjusting to the new normal and the content is carefully curated to bring far-reaching and opening discussions on design issues affecting Nigeria and Africa in general. Our guests are drawn from a range of veterans in the industry to inspiring newcomers in diverse professions such as music, architecture, art, fashion, to mention a few. We hope you enjoy it. Okay, my next question would be, so um, what is the silver lining here? Um, what exactly should we be hopeful for um, going into the future? Um, I, don't, I don't know what we should be hopeful for. I think we should all have different hopes and I hope we all have different hopes and, and dreams. Uh, but I think in terms of our, our work and in terms of uh, as architects, as urban planners, as designers, um, as people that live in a city, um, we all need to, within our work and within our projects, uh, we all need to take a um, pro-poor stance. Um, and the reason I'm saying a pro-poor stance is not because, it's actually because the majority of, the majority of our population is poor, is the urban poor. And so if we start to deal with what the majority needs rather than, um, you know, a small selection of, I mean, I wouldn't call us elites, but small selection of the better, uh, economically better viable people. Um, or even like, for example, even when you're talking about transportation, 
we need to move away from the fact that we're planning the city for cars. Because if you continue planning for cars, more cars will come. People will still buy cars. People will still understand that um, as soon as I get more money, I'm going to buy a car. If you change that and completely flip it on its head and say, no, I'm going to design a city for walking. I'm going to design a city for cycling. I'm going to design a city that actually makes sense for livability. And rather than cars and, and mobility, then you are already changing the mindset of your population so that they're not thinking that way because there aren't going to be enough roads for cars. There aren't going to, you know, cars are expensive to buy. The petrol is expensive to buy. The, then you start thinking, okay, I need to start making my public transport system the best it can be. So therefore, and the people, and the walking conditions. So, you know, there are better uh, pavements rather than putting money into, uh, you know, car infrastructure, put money into pedestrian infrastructure. Um, and once, you st- once that really starts to change, um, I honestly believe that, people's livelihoods and people's lives will improve. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Wonderful. If you want to hear more interesting episodes of Africa Design Radio, head now to our page on all platforms where you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. You can subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please do give us a review. You can also write to us at africadesignradio at gmail.com or follow us on social media at africa underscore design underscore radio. I'm Chibweze and you've been listening to Africa Design Radio.